0: This episode of the Two Fit Crazy in a Microphone podcast is brought to you by Allstate. Yep, that's right. You're in good hands with Ben Sayer, Sayer Financial Services. Uh, be covered when uh, mayhem strikes. Home and auto coverage with Sayer Financial Services. Allstate, 732-449-4433. Check them out. Get a quote. Get on it. Mayhem happens. Be covered. And who else, Christine?
1: Conti fit dot. You heard it right, everybody, contifit.com, the best in personal training, in coaching, running, in your overall health. You want to feel better, you want to move, functional fitness, and coming at you, let's face it together, trademarked facial fitness and rehabilitation program, looking better, feeling better, and uh, it's time to make some great changes for you, contifit.com.
0: Also brought to you by High Five Health and Fitness. Create positive change in your life with High Five Health and Fitness. And, uh, really, when was the last time you sat down and talked to somebody about your health and where you are right now and where there is areas that can be improved and what needs to be done to feel better? Uh, and that's what we do. So, uh, check it out. High Five Health and
1: it is Christine Conte. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are too fit crazy. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Brian, how are you doing today? I'm really good. Wow. We just had a great conversation. We just got scienced. <laughs> I feel very educated right now. I love, I love conversations with people who are just so knowledgeable and so experienced.
0: Knowledge is the thing that came <gasps> to my mind, too. It's oh. just like... You know, so we had... um, on serial learner. Go ahead, Christine. Gentleman's name, Marty Gallagher. Marty
1: Gallagher. And of course, Brian teases me because I stalk people. Mm -hmm. But there's people that stick out sometimes where I'm like, I want to talk to them. Right. And Marty was one of these people I was just kind of... I was looking on social media interwebs and his background popped out at me. And what he does, he is a writer. He does... You know, he is a published author. And
0: ghost for people. I'm really cool. Article a week for you know certain magazines and but things. But
1: he's he, a nationally he, recognized
0: powerlifter. Powerlifter. So he was a national champion powerlifter by the time he was 17. Yeah. You know, and so he walks the walk. A little <laughs> bit. He kind of knows what he's doing. And uh, you know, and this was in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. You know, so how does that come about, and how does he do it, and how's things changed, and just you know, just Very picking. Yeah, cool. it's like it's like just to pick the brain of a man like marty mm-hmm. was you know just fantastic and there's a lot of times you i mean you'll hear me on the show i barely said anything because i was listening yeah. he was
1: thinking we were falling asleep <laughs> meanwhile we're, like we're taking like, copious we're, notes it's like a, he's like you wake christine i'm like no 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 you keep going just keep i'm taking notes we're, but what
0: else do you do you know do you do you butt in on a guy like that heck no um, you know, I always say like when we go to like when I go to track and field trainings and coach uh, certifications and thing like that, they bring in the the throws guy, the javelin mm. and the shot put guys and all that stuff. And um, and once upon a time, I, I, I'm gonna I forget the guy's name, but it, it was he he was, wrote the book on like the Bible of shot puts, oh. right? So this I said it was the most fascinating thing because he made you know the. Twelve pound or sixteen pound or eight pound weight, whatever they're throwing, seemed like the sexiest goddamn thing <laughs> in the world. You know, it's like it was like the coolest thing right, ever. Right. And it you were just like in. hanging on every word, you know, of this motion by motion technique of the throw. And this is, you know, the feeling I get from Marty. It's like you just want to, you just want to hear about it and how he's living. And it's really cool stuff.
1: It's, it's fascinating. Yeah. his writing and his fitness and just the simplicity of what he says is is really what works. Um and I just I want everyone to sit back and kind of think, you know, what what are you doing? Are you getting obsessed with, you know, the pills and the potions the and we minutia. talk about this. Um and the things that are flashy or the food that's tasty. It, or can you just take it back to what are your goals? What's your motivation? And, you know, are you doing the things that, you know, are making you not only feel good physically, but feel good mentally? And that's something he works with the military. Um, at a very high level um, and trains, you know, trains people and, and talks about strength. And you may, uh, you know, you may learn a few things, I think, in this episode. What do you think, Brian?
0: Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. You're going to learn a few things. Um, so let's get to it here. This is uh, episode 141, mm-hmm. the Two Fit Crazies in a Microphone podcast. Marty Gallagher, listen up, please. Thank <music> you.
1: Christine Conte and I'm Brian Prendergast and we are two fit crazy and the microphone. We are where it's at. You know where it's at, Brian? Yeah, yeah. Where where's it at? This episode episode? one forty two. One hundred and forty two. I love it. And uh, Marty Gallagher, how you doing today? Super, super. Where are you coming to us from,
2: Marty? Well, I am in. Uh, I'm located in South Central Pennsylvania. Uh, I live at the base of the Catocton Mountains, and the uh, as I look out my front window, I look at the mountain that Camp David is on, the presidential retreat.
0: All right they ever let you tour? <clears throat> Pardon me. They ever let you get in and tour Camp David? No, right? No, no. <laughs> I can't It's too close. <laughs> it's, uh, Marty, can't you just go up and say, "Do you know who I am?" Bring, bring you know, some brownies or something, like your neighbor. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's a uh, beautiful territory up here. We uh, we moved up here for the inexpensive real estate and the uh, the beautiful scenery and the rural lifestyle.
1: So, you know, Marty, where you are know. you originally from? Tell everybody.
2: Washington D.C.
1: Beautiful inside
2: in, inside the Beltway, Silver Springs. Silver, Silver Springs. Springs.
1: Mm-hmm. This is where I used to live in Burtonsville because I'm a University okay. of Maryland grad and graduate school and uh yep. old old stomping grounds put it that way for quite a while
2: right yeah and uh again when uh, i guess we've been up here 21 years
1: yeah you did say the bad b word though beltway is is uh <laughs> yeah. it's it's almost like should be for a forget a forbidden word
0: that's why you move
2: well, <laughs> well it's just um the pace is not conducive i'm a full-time professional writer and have been since uh, I guess the 80s and you know you want you want the peace you want the solitude you want the ability to focus you don't, you know you don't need the satchel page say the social ramble ain't restful
0: <laughs> that's the truth so Marty
1: when you write I'm, I'm just I'm being the, the you know kind of education person over here I was an English major communication all that crazy stuff with business and fitness as well but I have to have complete silence to write my husband and many other people. They listen to music. They can have other outside stimulus. Are you that, are you like me where it's gotta be alone with your thoughts?
2: Uh, I'm, uh, I'm powered by music. My entire life is powered by music. I'm a very alone person. Basically it's myself and my wife 90% of the time. And I, I I write, at uh, four o'clock in the morning, I write from four to seven every day, seven days a week. I shoot for a thousand to fifteen hundred words a session. Uh, I've been doing it for uh, twenty years, <clears throat> and then at then at seven, I'll, I'll take a. That's when I I break and I exercise, I train, I, I get out. Usually, like to hit the mountain trails, at dawn and run and I'll do that for 45 minutes or so and then I'll come home lift a little bit usually get some sort of a replenishment shake and then uh take a nap, you know. And it's the it's I I, I we're also I'm a big believer in intermittent fasting. I don't really take my first real meal of the day till about 2:30 in the afternoon. So uh You know, I drink coffee, uh, and I will, if I have a a really hard workout, I will have some sort of a replenishment shake afterwards. But uh, then in the afternoon, after I get back up, uh, um, I'll have a second writing session, and I'll do my rewrites, good writings and the rewrites. So my my first session in the morning is a creative writing session. My second one is my rewrites. And then I'm off usually at 4 o'clock, and – Trying not to do cocktails on the deck at four, you know, just <laughs> so tempting, you know, it's like, hey, Tuesday's a good reason for <laughs> celebrating, right? So, you know, we're trying to be good on that, but we'd love to, you know, we're, we've got great uh, produce and great, uh, you know, great butchery out here, great animals, great great eating. Uh, I love to cook. So, you know, you kind of roll from one creative process to another and fall asleep like babies at, you know, nine o'clock
0: at night. This, this all sounds so good to me.
1: I'm I'm like salivating over your schedule. I'm 100% the writing. I love writing. Love it. And I wish that I, you know what? I will get back to it at some point. Because it's you know it does you have to have that time for it and life sometimes yeah,
0: things usually the whole, just go that's better. The whole thing. It's, it, yeah, it's that's like the
2: whole thing. You have to have your time. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So so take, tell us about the writing. Is it all um, you know? Is it is it all for for purpose? Is any of it just kind? I mean, obviously for purpose, but is it is it all for projects that you're currently working on? Is it I'm going to do some of this here and some of that there? Or is it just all what comes to you?
2: Uh, currently, I'm under contract for seven feature articles a month for magazines. I always have a book project going. Uh, right now I'm ghosting a book for a, sort of a spiritual spiritual guru um, which is interesting I, I, I do work with privately for writing kind of a have gun will travel. So, I stay very busy, but being a professional writer, it's the best lifestyle because you know i do it I do it in my library, and it's a magnificent thing you know i I write what comes out of my head, I send it away, and they send me money
0: <laughs> it's beautiful it's <That's> amazing <laughs> labor <of> love
2: <laughs> well, I'm just saying I, you know a musician has to travel you right. know. I, you know all the other artists they have to they have to get up and go meet the public but you know the writer just sends it off I don't have to I'm not going on any book tours and my my work is all all fitness um strength uh I call it physical transformation I think that's the large category I think that's what everybody's after, when they get involved in any kind of a fitness or diet endeavor, they're looking for uh, radical physical transformation. They might call it something different, but I think ultimately that's what we all seek.
1: So let's get into why and how you got into this. So what was that draw? Many people who are writing are not saying, I'm writing about fitness. I mean, you, you know, it's, it's almost like you're a unicorn sometimes in that, um, you know, in, in in that sector or, you know, in that genre, I guess. So why, what, what was the calling? What was, what made you fall in love with this?
2: Well, I was born alpha, right?
1: (laughs) You're in good company.
2: Some, some males are just born alpha and you just, so I had experiences. I think that, um, first thing about being a good writer is you need to have an interesting life. It's of no real use to be a great technician and lead a boring life. I guess then you can be kind of science fiction writer, you know? (laughs) So uh, I am also, I was exposed to great literature right from the get go. You know, when I was a kid, my, you know, I was fed Jack London and, uh, you know, we did, uh, you know, um, Goble, Terrace, Bulba and, and, you know, great uh, Hemingway, big Two-Hearted River, part two, was a huge influence on me. Uh, so I was reading great literature early on. I was always a reader. I was a comic book reader. My father was an Irish intellectual. Uh, he was cold Irish, though. Some, some Irish are all, you know, blubbery and teary and, you know, by the next round. My father was a cold intellectual, right, and a widower. And that's another thing. We grew up in a completely male environment. Myself, my brother, my father. <clears throat> so that's uh, my wife says uh, we were raised by wolves.
0: Close. <laughs> and and so you got you know so you take it from there. You get into powerlifting, I guess is the first you know venture no, into also, it. No, no, I got into
2: I got into overhead Olympic weightlifting first. You're motivated as an alpha male. I was a comic book reader, and, I, and you look at the. Physiques of Batman, Superman, Green Hornet, you know, uh, Flash, everybody's muscled up, everybody's wide-shouldered, narrow waist, you know, so you're imprinted with a a masculine ideal, an archetype, right? As a kid, as a baby, as a, you know, a five-year-old reading comic books, and then you want to actualize that, and then I think at age 11, I was, uh, got introduced to the barbell. So, you know, being an alpha male, we were outside playing all the time, all the time, playing every day, outside games. We weren't allowed outside, you know, would mess up the house, right? Mm-hmm. So it was a different time time and a mindset and an era. Uh, we would, every day, we'd have enough kids, I'm a boomer, uh, that we could have f- teams of baseball and football you know 11 and 9 per side with kids waiting to get in right and we're we're playing like that five days a week in the neighborhood so that's a that's a physicalness to it right very early on a physicalness and you learn to dominate in that environment because you know that's what alphas do And by the time I started lifting at age 11, I won my first national championships in Olympic weightlifting at age 17.
1: So now, what was that like? Was that, so the first national championship, was that local? Were you traveling?
2: Well, yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot led up to that. But just to compress time, by the time I was 17 years old, I was a teenage national champion at the 198 pound class and i set national records in the press and the snatch mm-hmm. and so i'm just you know relating that i was operating at a high level this is in 1960 this is in 1967
0: that's crazy what was the scene like that back then i mean was it all i mean that's it was like fabulous yeah I mean, it
2: was fab- fabulous i mean it was you know i, I grew up in a Sort of the strength equivalent of the Gracie Jiu Jitsu family. I mean, was, we had great strength athletes right in my neighborhood. And I got, so I got very, very, very good coaching and progressive resistance training right from the get go. So I had ingrained in me superb techniques. And I was, uh, you know, working out with grown men from the time I was, what, 13, 14. That <laughs> ups your game, you know?
1: I would say so. I'm, I'm curious. I know I'm, I'm going to backtrack for a second. I'm very curious as to what you were being taught then and, I mean, how successful you were, what, what you were eating as opposed to what they're saying now with oh, was, the research. Was, what, what do you, what do you oh, see?
2: It was fabulous. There were no nutritional guidelines on food. Ignorance is bliss. We ate everything and anything. It was all the same. We didn't know. It was wonderful. We and just stuffed our face. We just stuffed our faces. We lifted weights. We ran everywhere. We were super active. We were lean. We were muscled up. And we were like blasphemouses, you know? <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. You cons- and you're trying to get bigger all the time. You- you're trying because. Like like at age, let me think, at age um, 15, I I had my full height, 5'10", but I was weighing 170, but I wanted to get up to 200. So in order for a a 15-year-old to gain weight, you just start eating and eating and eating. We were drinking... You know, a gallon of milk a day, in addition to stuffing our face at every meal. I mean, you know, my father was like incredulous. He was like, the feed <laughs> bill on this kid. <laughs> We'd get school lunches. I'd get two and three school lunches. They were only 35 cents a piece back in mm-hmm. that day, you know. So, you know, it was a wonderful thing because you're trying to, you're, the goal for the, for the young lean alphas to become gargantuan. Right? And crush all opposition. So you just keep eating and eating and lifting. And the more you eat, the bigger you get, the bigger you get, the stronger you get, the stronger you get, the, you get, the bigger you get, you know. Round and round it goes. And so all of a sudden, three years later, you're weighing that 200 pounds.
0: Right. <laughs> and
2: you actualize it because you're slamming calories and you're, you're, you're completely stressing your muscular system with the lifting but you're also incredibly active in the cardiovascular sense. So you've got everything kicking together, right? And it's a wonderful thing. But again, you don't do that when you're 45.
1: Right. It's, I just love the simplicity of what you just said, because yes. today, and, and again, we talk with athletes, you know, from all over the world, people who are, mm. you know, yeah. people who are, you know, lifting and wrestling and, you know, even own the ANBF, the the natural yeah. bodybuilding federation, things like that we've had on. And, and it's just so calories and you only eat this and you only do that. And th- and it's it's almost like makes you crazy. It's How can you live like that? And it's really so simple. Listen, here's what I did and you were so successful at this. And you weren't taking 800 different pills and downing only no. this and not eating that. And I just think no, that's such a powerful don't. message for you to send, Marty, to people, <laughs> you know?
2: Well, yeah, again, it was done with regular food right. and intense training with cardio component.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We ne- you need, you know, and again, my, you know, the, the name of my magnus opus is the purposeful primitive. Right, right. Yeah. So all these strategies and there's a lean out strategy. I just gave you the maximum muscle mass strategy, right? You want to get. You know, you want to get as big and strong as you can. That's what you do. You you get in a caloric surplus state. You create an anabolic state through the use of surplus calories. You compound that with super intense aggressive resistance training. Cardio element helps keep weight gain lean, keeps the athlete fit so he can train harder and longer. So it all kind of synchronizes. You get a synergistic effect three of the elements are in place and balanced and you're hitting it correctly. The other direction is a lean out and that's different at that point. You want to change the caloric. You want to get lighter and less and, you know, leaner protein sources and more green stuff and, you know, less eating right. And more cardio and lifting you shift to more volume, less poundage. You hit the poundage in the winter time, the cold, you know, you know, in the summer you want to go light and lean. You know, become maximally ripped in August, right? That's. You know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it only makes sense. Yeah. And it's a very, it's a very seasonally. You know, we we tune it with the season, right? Why not get maximally muscular and large in February, and why not get maximally ripped in August? You know, in a perfect world, not right. everybody can do that, but. You know, and again. Uh, classic periodization cycle lasts 12 weeks which is 3 months which is a season and i think it just all dates back to the human genetic encoding
0: You know? how how about that periodization at the time when you're when you're you know in in the 60s and and even you know after that like how is thing how have things changed from that was it just this uh, uh, you know from a standpoint of more 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 at that point or was it's it the same-
2: we use the same system same now. It's yeah. called straight straight line periodization, and it's just it's a very simple strategy. And a, the main thing is is having a is establishing a realistic goal, which is difficult because you want a goal that's realistic enough that it's real, but it's also got to be motivating. You know, we don't want to spend twelve weeks training to end up the same. We want. We want a significant return for our time investment. We're going to commit to 12 weeks, three, four week, mini cycles tucked inside a 12 week macro cycle, you know, and uh, we want to see, you know, significant gain in return for that. We're going to do everything, but we want to see the return for the effort and it's got to be realistic, but it's got to be motivating. Once we establish that goal, then you reverse engineer back to the starting line. We like to start about maybe, I don't know, five or 10% below capacity. You sort of get a rolling start into the 12 week cycle. We usually take the first four weeks to really ingrain techniques and customize the athlete to the stresses and everything is like more, uh, more feel. Right. And cardio we like to pair sprinting off with progressive resistance we think they're very similar and it's a good you know sprint recover sprint again works very good with intense but infrequent progressive resistance and the diet effort well what do we want to do do we want to add some lean muscle mass or do we want to reduce body fat no one ever says Let's do all this, but I want to stay the same. (laughs)
0: That's right. Right? What's the point? I don't want
2: to change, you know, but I might want to get stronger. But, you know, no, no, we want to, we want, and, and also we want, we don't want infinitesimal or slight changes. We want radical change. Say it out loud. You know what I mean? That's what we want. And it can happen, but radical change demands radical effort. Right. That's the that's the hard truth, and that's that's the hard sell. That's why I was surprised that you guys even contacted me. I'm like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm mystified. We do I do almost all my business with um, the athletic and the military elite.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <clears throat> you know, we we recently have taken some of the methods that we use for the, the top, and we've sort of I don't know I guess detuned them, and uh, you know. Made it more user friendly for regular people. Of course, we get great results. Uh, it's interesting. The same methodology that we use for the elite, you know, we use for the afflicted. Yeah. It's interesting.
1: So let's talk about this for a second. Ready? So first of all, you have a fascinating life (laughs) and you have so much information. And I am also, Brian calls me a stalker sometimes because I find fascinating people that just kind of, for some reason, I, I don't know what it is. It just, lights up like a neon sign to me. And I'm like, I want to talk to that person because they're fascinating and they've got something that they've got to shine or they've got something that is very different that I want them to be able to get their information or just their knowledge out to people around the world. And that's really why Brian and I created this podcast.
2: That's a, that's a very uh, noble. (coughs) That's, that's great. Uh, you know, I hope, I hope like how you succeed. That's, I mean, seriously, that's
1: super that's <laughs> an altruistic, and, altruistic. But that's what it is. It's, we saw the need out there that people, there was so much white noise, like what you're saying with the simplicity of, you know, you want caloric deficit, you want, you know, caloric surplus. What are you doing with your body? Listen, champions don't become champions by not working hard and making radical changes to their lifestyle, their behavior, their mindset. And that's something that yes. people do there's so much, again, there's so much white noise. No one knows what to do or what to eat or what, you know, programs to follow. And, you know, for someone yeah, like yeah. you, you've got experience. You've, you have a lot here, of success. Here's how,
2: here, here's how I explain it to folks. And they asked me, they said, well, you know, you know, it, it, just what you said. There's so much, uh, you know, we're we're, 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 cursed with too many choices. Right. We're cursed with too many choices.
0: Right.
2: Right. How how are we supposed to decide? And I say, listen, when you're picking a guru or a mentor, there's three things you need to ask. Number one, do they have any academic credentials? Number two, do they have any athletic credentials? Number three, do they have any coaching credentials? Now, if the answer to all three is no, none, then why, why are you wasting your time with that person? Okay. You want to have uh, if if you want to physically transform yourself, you need to talk to someone who's done it. Yeah. Right. That's, yeah. That's that's very important. Yeah. No armchair and,
0: quarterbacks.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and not only that, there's it's 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 important that your knowledge. There's every, everyone has a commercial angle. Everyone is pushing a product, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're not, we, all we have is knowledge. That's the only thing we have. We're not, we don't have, you know, Marty protein powder, or <laughs> amp, you know, Abisizer, right. you know what I mean? Uh, so, and sometimes I feel like uh, I want to be like Jesus chasing the money lenders out of the temple, <laughs> you know cause right. it's commercialism everywhere you know and everybody's got an angle or a product. we don't have that, but what we do have is actually there's four aspects involved in radical physical transformation. If you're serious about transforming your body you you need to pay homage to of course progressive resistance training right. Some sort of aerobic training, the progressive resistance training, obviously for the external musculature, right? We want to build and strengthen the muscles. Cardio, we had, a, we got to build and strengthen our guts, our innards. They don't magically stay in shape by themselves, okay? Nutrition, of course, what we eat, what we take in, and the fourth is there is a fourth, and it's psychological. I call it brain train, uh-huh. but it's it's the whole mental process involved with the transformative process there is both somehow you have to maintain long-term adherence which is a certain mental trait other times you have to invoke short-term workout psych because if you have proper psych in a workout you're going to increase results by five percent okay over an unpsyched workout so that, you know, you have the short-term psych, you have the long-term adherence. You also have the difference between willpower, which is a finite mental propellant. only clench your fists so long. (laughs) As opposed to, you know, we have a more holistic approach. It's like solar power, you know, and the psychological has to be taken into account. You have to have that, but it's a subtle thing. And whereas it's pretty easy to explain weight training because it's numeric and techniques, right? right. Techniques and tactics. Mm-hmm. Same thing with aerobics. What is aerobics? Well, it's techniques and tactics. What's the drill? What's the technique? Tactically, strategically, what do you want us to do? All right. Well, that's that all can be re- reduced to numbers. But when you talk about psychology, it's like, a, okay, all right, well, this is a little.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sub,
2: subjective, but from an athlete athletic standpoint, I've been a meditator since 1970. Uh, I've done deep study. Started with Hinduism. I worked through Parmasana Yogananda and uh, all the Hindu saints, and uh, you know, then on into Zen and you know Soto and Rinji, both schools and the different meditational tactics there and the Mukusan strategies that the samurai warriors use to meld meditation to athletics or warrior, right? That's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking to get enlightened. What I'm looking for is to up my athletic game. Right. Through meditation. So after Zen, what then? Oh, let's go to China. Let's look at the Taoist. All right. What are they doing? meditationally that's different. Oh, let's look at the, let's look at the the cave monks down in the Himalayas. Right. And those meditational tactics, again, the the sort of the, the commonality that they all had is they were trying to work the meditator into a state of, I call it electric blank alertness. Right, you're sitting in whatever zazen, you know, and you're sitting, you know, and you're you're breathing and you're being, but there's no conscious thought. You're observing, you're alert, you're aware, but there's no inner dialogue. Right. Right. You guys tracking? Yeah. So what we discovered is that that state is attained by intense, hardcore weight training. Okay, and if you, as a meditator, have experienced the samadhi state, right? Okay. Then, as a as a lifter, you hit a certain set, and it has to be super intense. Like you're setting a PR. It has to be 102 percent effort. That's the only way the hormonal flood tide, the tsunami boom, releases and. It's an advanced meditational state. Athletes just didn't know it. Right. Right? So it's a short, it's a short, it's a back door to an advanced meditational state. So we're trying to point that out. Right. And then, okay, if we achieve that that advanced meditational state in, in training, what do we do? Hey, here's an idea. Why don't we try to extend it? Why don't we try to not mess it up? Why don't we try to okay, we're here. And you know it. You, you've had uh, you guys work out, right? Yeah,
0: absolutely. And and, and you know ex- when you
2: have that great workout, and you got that woo, you know, and <sighs> it's like wow, I feel great. I feel great. Well, it's hormones. You've you've exerted to a certain level where there's a hormonal release. There's a chemical reaction within your body, right? Right. So uh, okay, now we're in this great state that the me- the the greatest meditators in the world said that's what we seek we seek that electric alertness we like to stand up and walk around and and deal with life and that's but they can't the the commonality is how do you perceive the immediate present if you're talking to yourself right
0: right it's got to be quiet right
2: well yeah. How, yeah how else do you perceive if you're if 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 there's a conversation going on
0: yeah there's no observation
2: you can't You can't multitask and perceive awareness.
1: All right. I'm, I'm here's, here's what's going on in my head. Are you ready?
2: Christine, am I putting you to sleep? No, (laughs) this is
0: fascinating.
1: No, Okay. So I'm going to, I'll enlighten you for a second on me. So (laughs) when I was in college, I actually took um, a year long course and it was taught by a woman who went over and studied with the monks in the Himalayas. And that was my, that was my instructor. And nope. I took this course originally because, you know, I had a mother who was like, you're so stressed yeah, out. You should yeah. go take yoga. And I'm like, well, I'm be, be, because he right.
2: spent a year in the Himalayas with the monks. I'd want to hear. Him so too.
1: I had no idea. I just thought I was doing this to kind of, you know, for relaxation. However, I had no idea what I was getting into. And this was um, about 20 years ago now. Oh, yeah. 20 years ago now I've been practicing yoga and, and have been instructing and teaching. And some people ask me, I, I, you know, do a lot of crazy, you know, ultra you know, Iron Man's things like that. And people always ask me, what's the secret? And I said, the secret is yoga. <laughs> and they'd laugh at me and they say, that's absolutely not true. And I said, it absolutely is true because back then little did I know I was getting into getting myself into these states, these mental states, this meditation, the this self-awareness. Um, Being able to control your breath, being able to control certain parts of your body, certain, you know, again, certain parts of your body that, you know, slowing down your breathing. I can slow down my heart rate, actually, to this day. I can slow it down. And my son thinks I'm like a god when I do it. He's like, how are you doing this? I'm like, I'm just so aware of myself. And that is the state that has caused me to be able to perform at such high levels Because I know when to push. When I do Ironmans, I mean, you're over 12 hours into something. You go, you know, Brian talks about going to the spirit world. I just, I go into this like, I don't know what. I don't remember what just happened the last half hour.
2: You go into blackness.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it just, there's no concept of time. There's no, and I'll forget.
2: You're you're, you're not talking to yourself. There's nothing to be said. Mm Mm-hmm. Just being suffering,
1: <laughs> <laughs> we all know, you know, all of us three of us know what's suffering, you know, but it, it's true. That is, I mean, what you're talking about is something that I think is such a high level, and high level athletes, people who perform amazing things, Olympians, they know what that is. And
2: uh, they don't, no, I disagree. I no, think they really, don't. I think. I think they don't. No. I think that there's a lot of ignorance, in, at least in po- the progressive resistance world. These guys routinely, they always say, oh, I feel the best in my life after an intense workout. And no one put two and two together and went, all right, uh, it's related. The, the intensity releases the hormones. The intensity is requisite.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I think that's what most civilians miss. I think most civilians live life at 80% and 80% is not enough to trigger the hormones. I think you've got to somehow figure out how to do a hundred percent safely in life and repeatedly. And, uh, can I ask you something about your yoga? I would like to put a finer point on it. I think maybe that it's not so much the yoga as the yoga is a vehicle Mm -hmm. to get you to that state of mind.
1: Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Like the lifting is just a vehicle to right. get us to that mm-hmm. post-workout blissful state of mind. That's what it is—the the post- endurance workout. running,
0: or the you know, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Oh, it's more than it's serotonin, it's, sure. it's endorphins, it's adrenaline, it's, it's 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 you know. Also, you've been successful, you know, you just everything, everything. And, but it's characterized by lack of internal dialogue. Right? You're mm-hmm. just bright and alert. Whoa right like, whoa all right and you're just looking this way i'm looking that way you're taking it in and, and if an ant crawled across the floor you take it in <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Are you working with the? Is this is this stuff that you work with the military with as well? I mean, is this in addition to the lifting and the? Yeah, the pro- yeah, yeah. it has to be right. How how are they um, taking to it? We are a good friend of ours who's been on the show is is uh, Lieutenant Colonel Brian Price. He's a uh, he was a professor at West Point, and they have a whole mindfulness lab there. That is, you know, it's it's um, he's did he did a lot of work with it. Um, yeah,
2: I'd like to I'd like to talk to him. I'm a. Um... Senior subject matter expert for Naval Special Warfare Development Group in Virginia Beach, Ham's Neck. So I work with the elite of the elite in the American military, Mm -hmm. and uh, typically I go in once or twice a year with a team of five coaches, and we're there for a week.
0: Uh And
2: what we talk to those guys about is strength and all things related to strength and I bring in two to three world champions with me. I bring in, uh, I bring in, the, in the world of strength, there's three definable categories generalized I, to the left. You have what we call absolute strength, which is, um, massive payloads new for short distances without regard for speed. Doesn't matter how long it takes.
0: Mm-hmm. In, the, in the middle, we
2: have what we call explosive strength, which is characterized by a moderate payload moved with maximum velocity over a long distance, like a snatch, clean,
0: right, a shot, jerk, shot right? put.
2: Yeah, 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 exactly. Explosive strength, and on the f- and the far right of the strength graph is what we call sustained strength or strength endurance. It's like what the MMA guys do. I don't know. They'll shoulder a hundred-pound heavy bag and run up a hill right right or pick up pick up a partner and run around the gym or, you know <laughs> or wrestle five um, I'm, I'm friends with mark coleman the ufc sure, hall of fame guy sure. and mark would uh wrestle five fresh opponents in a row <laughs>
0: that's it coming at you know it's like a yeah yeah you know it's, it's like the, a kung fu I fight
2: it was like two, two, it was, i think it was like uh, two minutes each like every two minutes you'd have a fresh opponent you know charge in on him, right and so that was sustained strength So again, absolute strength, explosive strength, sustained strength. So I bring in experts in each of those areas, but there's also the overlying. I brought in, uh, Zen masters to talk to these guys. Right. Yeah. And we'll typically have, I don't know, 20 to 30 commandos that we work with. Right. And, uh, it's intense, uh, you know, we're, we're with these guys five days, and, you know, every, every evening we go out and have sort of a, you know, we eat and drink, as you can imagine. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this, that, that, you know, you know what we teach them? We teach them exactly the same stuff that I was taught back in 1965. It's just simplistic, this ultra basic, you know, and it can be expanded upon. Uh, And a lot of the guys, when when they're stateside, we're very big believers in minimalism. Uh, I have myself, I weight train once a week. Okay. That's it. That's it. Okay. Now, I'll do cardio during the week. i do cardio to my heart's delight. But um, right now, I'm experimenting with what we call the rested effort. And are you guys familiar with Charlie Francis, you know, the great sprint coach?
0: Uh yes okay um I don't I, I think so yes Rings Anyway he was
2: he was Ben Johnson's coach right Re- yeah, okay World yeah yeah, World, yeah yeah okay
0: yeah, that
2: right. anyway he was a big believer in this idea that for a, a, a sprinter to run as fast as they possibly can they have to be totally rested makes sense right Mhm mm-hmm. right well if you're on scholarship Texas A and M, right? And you're on the sprint team. Guess what they have? And you're you're the 100, 100 meter dash guy. Guess what they have you do? Yeah. Well, they have you running all out every day, right? Five right. days a week, right. right? Because you're on scholarship. Well, the Soviets and the Eastern Europeans pointed out. They said, "Well, that guy's running at 100 percent of 83 percent, right? Because he's never rested, right?" right? right. He's always fatigued. So he's running all out at his fatigued best. And they're saying, no, 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 no. It, no, we, the only way to get faster is run at 102% when you're 100% rested. <laughs> right. Well, uh, that's pretty radical for the the time and the place. This is the 1970s. So Francis started doing that. He started resting his sprinters and, you know, they went, boom, they went from, uh, you know, I don't know, 35th in the world to top of the world using these strategies. And we apply them to progressive resistance training. It's like, let's only lift. Let's, let's do all the lifts together and then let's rest the body together. Mm-hmm. Okay, We had been jolting the body. In other words, right. we do classical powerlifting split. I won't even get into the body. I'll get into the body. World. It's a classical powerlifting split on Monday. Um, squats, bench presses and arms on Wednesday. Uh, well, let's make it three day week on, on Monday uh, legs, squats, uh, calf raises, uh, leg curls on Wednesday, uh, bench press, different grip widths and arms, triceps and biceps uh, Friday deadlift, different types of overhead pressing, maybe some power claims. Well, the, and that was the classical power lift uh, split for 40 years. But the, the thing that we're, that we're maybe coming to realize is that if you're jolting the hell out of the body every third day, is it ever truly rested? Right. It's interesting, isn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thing I always think about there is like the football coach that has their, you know, doesn't understand track and field and has the guys doing sprints, you know, all the day, yeah. short rest, you know, mm-hmm. to get yeah. faster and harder. doesn't work. Yeah. I was, I, well,
2: it's, it's yeah, go ahead. It's good for conditioning,
0: I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Punishment.
1: Well, like, I played, I played a pretty high level of volleyball in college and they, They would just, I mean, you sign your name in blood, is what I always said. They own you. You know, you jump how high? Yeah, yeah. And you
2: run your ass every day. And
1: it's, you know, you're always tired. You're always fatigued. And I think that that's something I was always, you know, before I really understood what was going on with the body, and maybe before exercise science really took off and they did all these studies, I mean, you know, we were, we kept jumping and, like, I love that I could talk Soviets all day long because, you know, we were like jumping up and concentric load when really like mm, should be focusing on that eccentric load of muscles. Like, that's really what's going right. to be helping us. Right. And and um
2: how, how is the injury situation
1: for for me?
2: <clears throat> well, yeah,
1: I had shoulder surgery when I was 16. Um, oh, because of, because of coaching and because of overuse and not, oh. you know, just using as a machine and, and a doctor said to me, listen, if you ever want to play again or this or that. And honestly, when I stopped playing, um, after college, you know, my shoulders are not great, but I know that I have to keep strong for the rest of my life. And, you know, if I wanted yes, she, to yes, play a high That's level ever She's again, strong. I would need surgery, but you know what? I'm not going to the Olympics at this point. Um, let's be honest, but. And, and it's
2: one shoulder. You have three other good limbs,
1: right? So, and honestly, it's a it's something that I'm very cognizant of at this point. With you know what you're strength,
2: saying, strength. The, the older you get, the more important strength absolutely. Mm-hmm. And strength retains your function. You have to, but you need the full range of motion movements. The biggest sin I see in progressive resistance is the short, uh, uh, tight. Little movements with very little range of motion and partial, partial squats and and uh, bench presses that don't touch the chest or totally locked out or and a lot of machine work. Machines are uh, machines are inferior to free weights because machines eliminate the third dimension of tension.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, machines with a machine you do not need to control side to side movement. Which means your muscle stabilizers do not mm-hmm. have to fire. A barbell or a dumbbell, with particularly with dumbbells, your muscle stabilizers go crazy. Okay? So automatically a machine is one third less effective than free weights. So if you pick a machine that mimics a barbell dumbbell you're losing 33% right off the bat and you can push, you can push and pull to your little heart's content and everybody goes, I love this machine. I love it. And it's like, yeah, you do love it because it's easier, but in progressive resistance training, easier is not better.
1: All right, listeners. Did everyone hear that? Because <laughs> Marty, you're preaching to the choir. Brian and I are very much, you know, body resistance, functional training, and that's, you know, that's what I traveled the country just to
0: like, talk about. Just like we talked about before, how much mm-hmm. those stabilizer muscles and how much that that extra yes. third uh, um, ha- yes. how, has to do with your breath, mm-hmm. right? That we talked about too, and just like bringing it all together and kind of balancing everything out yes, to use yes, those stabilizers. Yes, 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 yes. holistic.
2: Yeah. We have a, we uh, we have a phrase: dare to be
0: weak. <laughs> all right
2: Right? Seriously, do we do you embrace these full range of motion movements and uh we have another saying, we make lightweights heavy. Oh yeah. There you go. <clears throat> everybody else is everybody else is trying to make heavyweights light. Right. And we're like, nah, no, 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 We're gonna take this little tiny weight and we're gonna we're gonna put in pauses and we're gonna put in grind speed and Tempos. we're gonna put in full range of motion and we're gonna put in, and we're gonna have this perfect technique. And you're going to do five reps with this and it is just going to, it's going to burn you down. Uh huh. And that's great. That's great because it's a tiny little weight, right? That's what we want. And right. then you build it up, you build it up from there and you just build it up so small with, I, I work with a bunch of local guys every Sunday, myself and the six time world champion, Kirk Kowalski. We train a bunch of local guys for free at a country gym at the base of the mountains. And these are, Construction workers and guys that work at the 7-Eleven and mechanics and, and these are hardworking rule guys and they don't have time or the energy to train during the week. We train once a week on Sunday and we've been doing this for five years. These guys do strength training once a week. They do squat, bench press, deadlift. If they have time, they do overhead pressing some arms and that's it. And these guys are
0: all. Monsters, monsters. Uh, do they, are they, do they? I mean, are they just so lucky? I mean, they, they, are... they know how lucky they are to have you, <laughs> you know, and the six-time uh, world champion. Uh,
2: you know what? It's better. It's, be- yeah. it's They're just. It's just regular guys, right. you know. And and they are. They are our ongoing petri dish.
1: Brian and I will be there next Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Who are these yahoos? Make some, some
0: lightweights heavy. All right. <laughs> these, these guys
2: are all these guys are all competitive power lifters. I mean, this is not, you know, oh, yes, I think you look so much. No, 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 dude. Yeah. yeah. You know, your de- if your deadlift goes up from 350 to 450, you know, that's what we're looking for. Jeez. Right. Yeah. And again, it's just everybody's, these are natural, normal humans. Mm-hmm. Right, and they're all ages—young, old, in between. We got a guy in his 60s who's who's going to the national championships. He's going to be the national age group champion. Yeah, and we got we got uh, you know young young guys. Everybody's all over the map. But the point is, is that with with optimal strength training, you only need it once or maybe twice a week. Isn't that fantastic? And for a normal person, no more than 30 minutes
0: that's right wow but i don't have time everybody right then go absolutely
2: then go do what you want if you're a runner go run if you're play soccer go so, you know if you're sure. a football person whatever you do but from the pure strength point of view and that's what we took to the military you asked me what we took to the elite military we took that to them they approached me 10 years ago uh they approached me uh, well, I won't say when, but they uh, what they approached me for this. Said, "Listen, we understand uh, the need for strength training. We don't have the time when we're stateside. We have too many drills. We have to stay on top of. Right. They got to practice ground fighting. They got to practice small weapons fire. They got to practice scuba diving. They got to practice." High altitude, low opening parachute jumping. They got to practice defensive driving. They got to practice defusing a nuclear bomb. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> like a, it's kind <laughs> of important. Full plate. And, and, and that, and that's what they do when they're stateside. Every moment of their day is taken up. They're either they're either improving their own skill set or they're they're training lesser's. They do a lot of that. They go out and they. Um, there's different levels. So they go down to the one level below and they train those guys. So they didn't have the time. So I came in and I said, look, I said, yeah, we got the system. We got a one day a week. You give me one hour a week and uh, we're we're not going to tread water. We're going to get you 20, 30% stronger. But you got to use my my techniques and and it's my game. And they said, no problem. And it's 10 years later. And again, we're still with them. And with those guys, let me tell you, uh, it ain't about you know being their friend or you know right. you know being a nice guy. It's either you get results for those guys or you're gone. Right? Uh, yeah, are many like, get lots on many the line. Get, m- many get addition. Few get called back.
0: Wow. Um, so, so let me ask you this: You're you know academic, athletic. And coaching, you know, you've got to, you cover all the bases uh, of your, you know, your, your requirements for your own self. Which one? I barely
2: one? got out of high. I got. I barely got out of high school. Well, I you're. Off, I flunked off the high school football team two years in a row.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's academic and you know, and and then there's intelligence. <laughs> you know, there's an. You're clearly an intelligent man. <laughs> Very few get up and write, uh, you know, six hours a day, uh, you know, three hours in the morning and whatnot. Uh, what drives the ship for you? Does it all work together I, as pieces? No, but,
2: but it's because I love it. Yeah, it's because it's, I'm passionate about. It. I couldn't do it if it was a, you know, if it was some demanded of me. Right. You know, I'm not working for Kim Jong Il. You, know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you could, I'm sure they could More use words. your services. <laughs> if I could, I could. Yeah, sorry, Navy. <laughs> um, but but which one? Which one is it? You know, which one makes you tick? Which one? Which one do you think is is the most important? Does that one stick out, or is it all just kind of pieces to the puzzle?
2: Well, I think that um, you have to have a balance. I think that everyone is different. I think that you, if you look, at, well, first of all, we have to have. Progressive resistance, training, cardio, nutrition, and the psychological. Okay. Now, every every you're going to come at it with the strength or weakness in one of the four, and you're striving for balance. And it, it typically, classically, what you have to do is you have to play to your weak points. Everybody plays to their strong points. But if true progress comes from attacking your weak points, that's where the real lift is, right? Right. And people don't want to do that. They're very comfortable. They want to stay in their groove. They want to stay. And, and what we preach is contrast is king. Uh, you learn this in, in hardcore strength training. Is you will run uh, the only consistent is stagnation, and you will hit the wall. And the whole game is, what does a great coach do when they hit the wall? Well, I have a big trick bag. <laughs> right? I have a lot of different variables to pick from, but what I'm looking for is whatever they've been doing, I want something of significant contrast. You know what I mean? Because that's the only thing that's going to jolt them out of that. And they might have made great games. That's fantastic. I mean, that might have been a great run. But at some point, you're just like, man, I can't do this anymore. Great. Great. Let's pick a completely different, fresh direction. Totally different. And they're like, all right, yeah, okay. What are we doing? Well, here it is, you know. And it, you do make it completely different. If you've been going heavy and hard and short in the weights, well, then you go light and long and expand the menu, right? It's, it's easy. You, whatever you have been doing, you do different. If you've been eating starvation and attempting to get maximally lean, well, guess what? It's time to, you know. Put on the feedback and have some prime ribs, <laughs> some potatoes.
1: <laughs> Brian, you know what? Brian and I t- were talking about motivation actually in our one of our last episodes, and I think that plays into that as well. That's your psychology of, you know what, you're stagnating in something, and here let's change it up. And now it almost brings that freshness that the and the best. motivation,
2: right? That is the best point. Do you know what? You know what? You know what grows motivation? That? Re- results. Results, mm-hmm. yeah. Ta- tangible results, changes in performance, changes in physique. And when that happens, that's what gets them fired up, <laughs> right? Because they see, you know, I mean, a lift goes up. If, you know, you go up uh, even five pounds in a bench press or 10 pounds in a squat or deadlift. Well, in 10 weeks, you've gone up 50 pounds in the bench and 100 pounds in the squat or the deadlift. And if you do that, it's like, wow, look at me. Oh, yeah. I'm doing this. Yeah, I'm living doing this, right? And then if they're getting bigger simultaneously, they're muscling up and their their wives and their, you know, family go, wow, look at you, man. You're looking at you know they, they get this it's just, mm-hmm. just that there's that psychological, that psychological and that's that's solar power. That ain't willpower. That's like, I've got to do no, no, man, you're fired up. You want more of this. So it makes the, the training harder, easier, it makes the tighter dieting easier it makes the more cardio easier well that's going to have more positive results when you just you know ultimately you could t- keep that up for 12 consecutive weeks and you come up with incredible results
1: well we want to get to this before we before our time is up today marty you are fantastic we want to make sure that our listeners can find out about your books, where to get them, the titles. So we want to put them up on our kind of social and media articles, platforms as well, articles going- and articles where they can find all of this because you are just a wealth of resources and knowledge. So will you let everyone know um, where they can find these?
2: Uh, the You know, the, the two main books, the Purposeful Primitive is the, the hardcore Magnus Opus. It's 450 pages. That's available through Dragondor. And I also have a generalized uh, sort of comprehensive health book that I did with Dr. Chris Hardy, which was aimed at more, you know, general health and well-being. And uh, that's called Strong Medicine. Uh, Dr. Hardy was a senior naval attache at Johns Hopkins, Um, Just an incredible, incredible medical doctor and athlete, and so very proud to do that book with him. So those are the two main books. Uh, We do a podcast every week at Iron Company, and it's myself and JP Bryce, and I do it with Jim Steele, who was the head strength and conditioning coach at University of Pennsylvania for 20 years. So Jim's another grumpy old guy like
0: me it's a, we, that's a cool talk. name for a strength guy right
2: yeah and, and we'll talk in anything <clears throat> we do that during the week uh, and I write a column every week I do a, a column for Iron Company they just let me write you know whatever I want so every week I post a column I'm sort of the Patrick Jake Buchanan of fitness
1: <laughs> Marty what's the name of the podcast
2: uh, Raw with Marty Gallagher
1: okay all right, I know. So you said a podcast. I'm like, but people definitely, no, no, you know, okay, of... trying to trying to get your marketing going, you know, we'll definitely um, uh, I'm, I'm, put that I'm, in there. I'm the, I'm the world's worst, I'm the world's worst marketer. <laughs> I'm terrible. Well, that's why someone like me finds you and you know gets you on here. That we all we're all in Thank this crazy you. world together, you know.
2: And we're just trying to get. Honestly, we're just trying to get good games for serious people. That's all. That's right, and we can we can give them that information. It is not that difficult, but it does require a little bit of discipline. A
1: little bit, little I enough. think, Marty, I think you know a little bit about fairly discipline. well disciplined. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, between four and seven, and the yeah <laughs> and but, the walking, but, and yeah, then,
1: but but that
2: but if uh, it, it's like <coughs> it's like uh, the Kirk Vonnegut book. You know, Billy Pilgrim was shook loose in time. When your time is your own, you can get up and go to sleep whenever you want. You can take a nap whenever mm-hmm. you want. You can do whatever you want. That's the beauty of the lifestyle that I live. The problem is where I live, you better have enough to fill your own time or you're gonna go crazy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. That's so and that's
2: the problem that most people out here have, is they're like, Wow, I can't wait to move to the city because it's so boring out here. But Again, I have something to do every moment of my day, and and, and have had, but that that's the that's the, that's the trade-off. Yeah. Um, and again, it's a you know, and I work. I do. I, you know, we get down off the mountain. Also, oh, also we're doing a seminar. My wife would kill me if I didn't mention this. We're doing a seminar the end of February, the last Saturday in February in Gaversburg, Maryland, which is suburban Washington D.C., and it's myself and Jim Steele, and six-time world champion, seven-time national champion, Kirk Kowalski. We're doing uh, a seminar on the five variations of the bench press and five variations of the overhead press. Uh, we really want, are going to drill down in just these two movements, and so we're making it very inexpensive. And But if anybody's in the D.C. area and, and really want to get into those the specifics and the particulars of those movements come how, by. How you do they know, get the
0: information a, on that? Is it at a specific uh, place? What's the name of the place? be
2: through uh, Iron Company, too. Okay. If they could go to Iron Company, that would be great.
0: Yeah. So, so, you
2: know, What's the name of the website? This, oh, just Iron Company. Oh. Yeah,
1: ironcompany.com. Got it. Just want to make sure that's all. We get the right information to everybody. That's Thank all. Thank you. Wonderful.
2: Marty, it is y'all. it has been
1: an absolute <laughs> pleasure, Marty. You are a wealth of knowledge, and I'm excited um, to have connected both Brian and I with you. And I am, uh, you know, let us know if you need us to uh, tag along to any of your special workshops, you know. Or
0: anytime you Good. need anything yeah. to hype uh, where, up anything, let us where, know.
2: Where are you guys located
0: at? Jersey Shore, New Jersey.
1: About an hour south in New York City.
2: Yeah, okay. Well, you know, uh, you guys are welcome to come down and be hey. us if- if you wanted to come in, we're in uh, Gavisburg side, and it's about due north of Washington, outside the Beltway, maybe,
1: I don't know, 10 miles.
0: All right. So, Do you know I'm actually going to be, be presenting
1: week. at a fitness conference in um, Arlington, Virginia?
0: That oh, weekend. Yeah, that right, weekend. weekend. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So I will yeah. high five you from across the Beltway.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. There you go. All right. Well, uh, yeah, good. Great.
1: Listen, thank you guys. Our pleasure, man. This was
0: outstanding. I loved it. All
1: right. We'll get all the info up. And with that said, it is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And the microphone. We are
0: where it's at. Peace.